This is the Podswoggle Network, a podcast network with entertainment. Welcome back, couch potatoes and TV junkies. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picked Up. My name is Robert, and I'm sitting here with my co-host, good friend, former roommate, uh, chief engineer, uh, yeah, executive producer. That's not wrong of, of on, on any of those fronts. That yeah. is true. Hoodie-wearing man named Rich. <laughs> I can't ever live up to any of the other things. Sure you can. All right. Well, I can. You can live up to those. I can't live up to this dude to my right here. Yes. We have a third wonderful uh, guest host here today. A good friend from back in the school days and uh, scientist, actual scientist, or at least that's what I'm going to believe he is, Debatable. Michael. Yep. <laughs> yes. Michael Leonard. How you doing, Mike? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me here. You bet, buddy. Where are you visiting from? I'm from Los Angeles. Nice. Been there about a year and a half. What do you do out there? I'm in graduate school, studying the biology, sitting in front of a computer, slowly getting fatter. I told you. (laughs) I told you he's a real scientist. (laughs) Yep. Hell yeah, buddy. Thanks for coming in to visit uh, the Windy City. Oh, yeah. No, I love it here. Thanks for having me. You're welcome, dog. Thanks for joining us for an episode of Picked Up. If this is your first time tuning in, or even if you've tuned in for every episode before, I'm going to tell you what's happening. What we're going to do here is take a little time to discuss uh, a television show. I used to have to say a randomly selected television yeah, show. Not always necessarily the case these days. Yeah, in season two, Rich and I have been trying out different stuff. If you are a regular listener, uh, but are just uh, tuning in now, missed uh, Rich's elevator pitch from the last episode, you will now know... That Leonard, Rich, and I just watched a show called Kolchak, the Night Stalker. That we did. Uh, we've been in the lab ourselves, as it were, mm-hmm. uh, uh, tinkering and toying around with with uh, the format of the show. Um, <clears throat> still do want to, uh, uh, you know, talk about like TV in general as well. So we'll get to Kolchak for sure a little, little bit later. But um, uh, normally open up with asking you what you're watching, but. Mike Leonard, man, what do you normally uh, what do you watch on TV, if any TV, or, or however you do get it? So uh, mostly I, I get it through Netflix, but uh, recently one of the shows I saw on there, it's named Continuum. It's this Canadian science fiction show. It's pretty trash. It starts off uh, <laughs> starts off like a crime drama, but their gimmick is she's like from the future, and there's some terrorists from the future. It's kind of time cop without all the all the things that make it time cop. It's more just like NCIS in the background of time cop. But <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> so that's the first two seasons. And then eventually they disregard all of that. They go back in time about a week and then there's there's like two versions of everyone. There's the first version and then there's the week week old version and she comes back she goes to like their little their little lab. She finds her own dead body laying on the floor. She's like, "Oh crap! How'd that happen?" There's there's this like little nerd boy in there that's like making the technology from her future. So there's two little nerd boys. One of them like inherits a company. The other one it's it's his company too. So they're they're duking it out, but it completely goes off the deep end. People <laughs> people that are like normal characters start like committing suicide or just, just going off. Jesus Christ. <laughs> This wasn't like a dream. This is a real. This is a real show. show. Yeah. Wow. Oh, it's great. Continuum. Yes. 
That's some like dramatic live action Rick and Morty type shit right there. It's yeah, pretty much absolutely what that sounded like. That's great. Time travel and alternate realities, uh, death of main characters. <laughs> Leonard, have you watched Rick and Morty? I have watched Rick and Morty. I'm a couple episodes behind, but no, that's great. <laughs> yeah, we're real big fans here. Uh, excellent show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're mostly on uh, Netflix. Yeah. Um, anything else? Anything else you're really a big fan of or any favorites that you've had in the past as far as television goes? Uh, so before I went deep on this shitty, hokey sci-fi show, uh, I, I watched all Twin Peaks. That was pretty good. Nice. Yeah. There we go. I was getting through some Twin Peaks oh, yeah. uh, earlier last year or something, or whatever, with this year or something like that. Yeah. Are you? Do you think that the fact that they're going to try and bring it back is a good thing or a horrible decision? I think it's a great decision. Cool. Uh, yeah. How, how far into Twin Peaks did you get when you tried to watch it? Oh, I'm the biggest asshole on this show, Leonard. I saw like three episodes of Twin Peaks. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to watch. It, it is. I will say, of all the shows, you know, there's some shows are easy to get through, and Twin Peaks is definitely not one of those. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. I tried watching it in a couple years ago, and I just couldn't get through it. I got around probably where you got, but I stuck yeah. with it this time. And man, the show's crazy. Did it like leave off at a place to where it's going to be like it's going to make sense for them to pick it up again? Yeah, because they just didn't do anything the last episode. Just kind of like just fell off. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that film, the, what is it, The Fire Reside With Me or something? I thought that was, like, the conclusion to the series, was that, like, standalone film they did. No, I, I think they heard they were getting canceled, and David Lynch was like, step one, fuck you on the finale. We're not going to resolve anything. And then we're going to make a movie about the, the show two years after, but it's going to be a prequel. It's not going to actually. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Oh, no, yeah. you're the David Lynch expert. What network was that? Was that NBC? Uh, NBC or ABC? ABC. I'm not in town. ABC? This is David Lynch. (laughs) Go to hell. (laughs) You want to know who killed Laura Palmer? Well, I will reveal that, but I'll make it (laughs) shitty. And then, rather than wrap up anything in this creative universe I've made, I'm going to make a prequel. It's fun being David Lynch. It's really a fun thing to do. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. If you want to see something like hilarious, go on YouTube and look up David Lynch iPhone ad. And it's him. Somebody spliced in some background music to make it even funnier. But it's him being very critical of people watching media on the iPhone. He's like, he's like, you'll think you've seen the film, but in reality, you'll be cheated. He goes, watching a film on your Fucking telephone. Get real. <laughs> I think that's the, the best conclusion to come to is that it's fun to be David Lynch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what you been watching, Robert? Well, uh, I have like a little hit list of things that I have to get done. Um, foremost at the top, at the top of that list of finishing Daredevil and getting through Mr. Robot. So I've actually gotten an episode two or episode or two further down in the Daredevil, which is wow. kick ass. I want to, I want to get that done before season two comes out and Mr. Robot. Uh, I have a friend who hooked me up uh, shout out to Logan. Thanks a lot, buddy. Um, but I have not yet gone into Mr. Robots. 
what have I watched? I have watched, uh, and we'll get to it further still, but I've seen about two or three more episodes of Kolchak. Oh, too. wow. Okay. Yes. And it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, I guess spoilers on your decision. Yep, exactly. <laughs> you can only tell what I would do. Um, so mostly that. Caught a little bit of the Emmys, which uh, you did an excellent job recapping. In oh, thank you. Elevator pitch. <laughs> you probably caught more of the Emmys than I certainly did because I didn't really catch anything. I saw a little bit of it, but um, interesting stuff. Very astute observations, by the way. Well, thank you. Yeah, man. How about you? Any any good shows you've been watching? Uh, yeah, Fall TV is ramping itself back up. Uh, I'll tell you what, man. I watched... Um, uh, the Carmichael show. Have okay. you heard about this at all? No, I think I saw a train ad though. He's a mm-hmm. comedian, right? Yes. And he's going to be in this. He's doing stand up somewhere around here within the next couple of weeks. I would suggest going to see that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if you're not familiar, Gerard Carmichael is a stand up comedian. He's been at it for a few years now. Um, but uh, so he got a show on NBC. It's a, a multicam sitcom, which, you know, is a very, uh, uh, polarizing. Uh, it's, it's frustrating. It's a frustrating form of sitcom. Yes, it is. And, uh, but I heard that it was doing well and it was doing some interesting stuff. So I watched it and it blew me away. It's a fantastic show. Uh, it's, I feel like it's very, very easy to use the word and just throw the word around of subversive, but it's incredibly subversive. Um, it take yeah, it just does a lot of different stuff as far as like multicam sitcoms go, and that you haven't seen in in years. It's very Norman Lear esque. It's cool. uh, yeah, it's the closest thing we're ever gonna get that to. And again, this is the comparison it always draws, but to All in the Family. Really? Yeah, that's some pretty high praise right there. And there's been just only six episodes, and each episode's like been about something important. <laughs> that's fucking cool. I that's a great. Uh, that's a very attractive. Sort of attribute to me. Yeah. So there's something that's like, yeah, well, we're actually going to talk about some some important shit. Yeah, there's like no plot in these shows or anything. There's no like real like A, B, and C story or anything. It's just like get these people in a room and have them talk about their different viewpoints on gun control or Black Lives Matter or uh, religion. You name like uh, 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 LBGTQ issues. LBGTQ. Um, Q plus. Sorry, I was going to add a plus at the end, but I couldn't even get through the whole acronym. Well, yeah, and it's and it's it's also at the same time fucking hilarious. I'll find myself howling during that show, or if I'm up late and my roommate's sleeping, I'll like be laughing into a pillow. It's oh, fucking great. That's awesome. Can't recommend that show enough. Um, and fresh off the boats back, uh, really enjoy it. They, man, they really do like '95 Florida well. Have you ever seen that show, Mike? You ever seen Fresh Off the Boat about I, the... Um, no, I have not. I haven't seen it. I heard it was good, though. It is. It's very good. I caught a couple episodes while Rich was watching this past year, and it is. Like you said, they do 90s Florida excellent. Uh, great, very culturally distinct, you know, obviously. Uh, you know, of, uh, are they... Well, what are, are they Chinese? Or are they Korean? They're Chinese. But, um, yeah, it's really neat. It's still, like, a, you know, lots of good, relatable family humor and drama, stuff like that. Yeah, I was I was really hesitant to kind of start watching it because it could have easily been a, a really corny, entirely oh, super racist show. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but it's it's not. It's got a lot of heart. I love seeing Randall Park uh, every week on a regular basis. Uh, yeah, really great. And they also get, like, really good, uh, like, guest stars to be, like, really small parts. 
like Rob Riggle had a scene in the season opener this year and was like, that could have been anybody. They just got Rob Riggle and it wasn't Rob Riggle doing like anything that only he could do. Anyone could have done that part. And it was just like really weird to me that they like did that. And they'll do that for like other stuff too. There are other like roles. Has Paul Shear come back as like the assistant? He had like a line. (laughs) (laughs) It was like a cut to joke pretty much. Cool. Um, But I was just happy to see him back as well. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I like him on the show. Um, then also, uh, the premiere of uh, The Muppets happened. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, which, I'll just go ahead and say this out front. I feel like I'm genetically predisposed to liking anything Muppets, so take everything I say with a huge grain of salt. But I fucking loved it. This was the first TV show that it, I literally had, like, water cooler talk about it at work. I mean, my my <laughs> boss brought it up. and like, Yeah. Like... Did you watch the mu- It's like, are we really talking about TV at work? This is insane. <laughs> but, yeah. He also brought it up like he knew that's exactly what I wanted to talk about. Yeah. That was kind of creepy. <laughs> that it's was kind of like, how do you, okay, yeah, how do you know? Yep, that was pretty great. Um, but yeah, it sounds excellent. Again, a lot of controversy coming from it's it's more the adult-targeted demographic, I guess. You it's know? a It's a... Primetime sitcom. Yep. How many kids should be watching primetime sitcom? I understand it. It appeals to kids because they're puppets mm-hmm. uh, and they're colorful and they're felt. But like, you know, it's not like they're saying like, fuck me right in my ass or something. Right. They're being adults. They're just dealing with the same shit that you or I would. Yeah. Like relationship breakups and, yeah. and, and new relationships forming. Yeah. I don't really understand why there's been such a goddamn outcry about it. Yeah. Like, you know, no, no, there's, there's pot jokes and, and, and like, you know, like gay jokes, but like good tasteful gay jokes. Uh, it's, it's fucking fine. It's, you know, I've said this like a million times since uh, the show debuted, but Muppets, or, you know, again, like they, yeah, they appeal to children, but also at the same time, it's like made for adults. I remember my mom telling me many a tale of her coming home from like work in the 70s, uh, lighting up a doobie and watching the Muppet <laughs> show, like coming home just in time for the Muppet show. Uh, yeah, it's great. You know, I was really, really skeptical about the, the format of the show. It was going to be like a, a workplace documentary style. So it, kind of like the office style um but it, it, it's got like that feel to it it also has like some like a larry sanders feel to it larry sanders show uh, uh and also i love the fact that miss piggy is currently in in real world or or fictionalized world she's the only woman that has a late night talk show <laughs> right now so good for her yeah yeah it is i think that is something like a not to be overlooked. That's like, yeah, very progressive, you yeah. know, and inspiring. You can see that show. There were know? probably a lot of uh, meetings that involved, like, yeah, no, Kermit, duh, is going to be, the, he's the one with the talk show. So, no, he's the producer. Kermit's a, a nuts and bolts kind of dude. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I fucking love it. I can't help it. I think it's on uh, Hulu right now. It's yeah. available on Hulu if you yeah. want to watch that, check it out. Yeah. Heck yeah. So that's just about where I'm at with TV. Hell yeah, mm-hmm. buddy. Well, uh, as previously stated, 
the show that we watched this week was a pick of mine, my first pick of our of our new format, and it is a 1970s. Uh, 1974, genre, I believe. 1974 genre-bending uh, procedural. Yeah. Called Kolchak the Night Stalker. Weird name for your main character being a journalist. Yes. Being a strange. reporter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like there was a, a big like reporter uh, fetish in the 70s. For like that being your main character and like alternate, I like the idea of it being sort of a procedural type investigation show, mm-hmm. but it not being cops right. that are doing the investigating. It is a procedural with a very huge supernatural twist on it. Absolutely. Uh, although the editor in chief basically acts like a chief of police, <laughs> like yeah, it's essentially the role he plays. <laughs> Call track. I know the frustrated bumbling. You know, yeah. like you said, director. Tony Vincenzo. Yeah, I know, right? So, um, yes, Kolchak the Night Stalker. Just to give you a little background on this show, in 1972, a made-for-TV film came out called The Night Stalker. Same thing. Uh, Darren McGavin, starring as Carl Kolchak, a Chicago reporter. Um, and actually, The Night Stalker and its, its sequel, the next year in 73, The Night Strangler, I don't think they take place in Chicago. Um, But uh, because these films did so well, it went to series. And that is what we watched. And it does, in fact, take place in Chicago. In Chicago. Hell yeah, it does. Where we live and are recording right now. It was great to see, like, old 70s Chicago. It seemed like a cool-ass place. It seemed so much cooler than, like, terrifying gross sperm everywhere 70s new york right it's like a, a cousin but a much more appealing <laughs> like clearly the choice you'd go with yeah cousin. like the rest of the country looks in new york and be like can't you be more like your cousin he's doing so well <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> and it is it's so neat um they filmed a ton of and it, you know they actually kind of heard it at some point some of the the filming on location uh choices of this show we'll get to that in a second but the positive part about that is it's filmed on location, so when it works, you get to see a ton of fabulous locations. You get to see a lot of great 70s clothing, hairstyles, all <laughs> sorts of great stuff. I mean, dead in the middle of the 70s. Uh, and so this episode was basically a, a, a slow reveal to show that, like, oh, yeah, uh, this guy killing these women is Jack the Ripper, um, who, like, for what it is, he is an immortal, mm-hmm. um, and he cannot be killed. He cannot be stopped. No. This is the Jack the Ripper. This isn't a copycat. Right. Um, and and so it just basically like takes you through that and, and uses a lot of the Jack the Ripper lore and so on and so forth. And hell yeah, man. I mean, that's a great template for a show. It really fucking is. And what even helps it is it, it's, it's for being so far removed, a lot of it might not have held up, but it's a very cleverly written show, too. Yeah, I'm surprised I haven't heard of this show. I mean, it's pretty much in X-Files before the X-Files kind of came out. And the one of the that whole like Eugene Toomes episodes of the X-Files, that's basically what this this first episode was, just straight up. So I believe that uh Darren McGavin makes an appearance on the X-Files and is Good. is like Chris Carter wanted him to be Kolchak, 
but I don't think he is. He's he's a you know a different character. Yeah. But it's definitely the same role. Yeah. Um. It is interesting, like you said. It's very cleverly written. Again, anything that's what forty-two years old mm-hmm. now is going to be a little dated. Uh, but this show, again, your central conceit, I think, is is very cool. I've always been a horror supernatural fan, um, so it's really neat that that's done in an interesting, like, temporal and the you know time frame. You know, in seventy Chicago, yeah, with um. Well and funny written material. There's yeah. a lot of funny jokes and well performed. Yes, it was well. Out. That dude, Darren McGavin. Darren he's McGavin. good. Darren McGavin is most famous for being the dad in a Christmas story. Yeah, so if you've never seen him before, that's who this guy is. But he he really kicks ass. I think a lot of the reason the show works so well is because Darren McGavin's great in it. I can't wait until the disembodied leg episode. <laughs> yeah, you got to see it. Uh, this lamp. <laughs> he starts murdering people in Chicago, and it's up to Darren McGavin to figure it out. Uh, it's all—it was also kind of like weird halfway through watching it, realizing that uh, aside from like '70s TV shows on Nick and Knight, never really consumed. Like I'm watching this show, feeling like I'm watching a movie because, like, with the way it looks and it being from the '70s, the only thing that I've watched on any sort of like long form format like that was like a movie right uh and so it was kind of weird to have to remind myself like oh yeah no it's just an hour-long show it's just like a little mental check that i had to do that kind of like i don't know i don't know if anyone else had that i might just be like really weird about like consuming media like that or maybe i'm too like hyper aware i'm i as much media as i fucking because i'm breaking down right now i'm <laughs> I'm, losing, I'm, losing I'm collapsing right now <laughs> Somebody save me. It is true. It's a, what this clock in at? 50, 55 minutes? Yeah, around like 50. Um, and it was, it is, it's structured, it, it's pacing like anything older. It's it's a slower pace. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it did feel like a little short. Moment. Had had jokes in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there's a, a scene where Kolchak has to go back to this massage parlor because Jack the Ripper, uh, committed a, a murder there the night before and per his pattern he he not he kills two women the next night in the same place mm-hmm. um and uh so he goes back there and and, and it's like i need i need a room get the and just like the whole scene is like funny it's just like every bit every like joke hits mm-hmm. um like really well and it's the 70s so you know what may have been like a joke that would be like Maybe corny or hacky today. Like it still can't. One, I can only imagine it hit better then. But two, it still worked today. Yeah, it was. It was. A, it was a very funny for being like a very known kind of formula. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, misconception. You think I'm a creep at this massage yeah. parlor? Yeah, it did. It worked really well. Um, the show, the look of it is. I think that maybe the only real detriment to this show is the production techniques of the time. Um, again, it's shot on location. It's shot at a lot of it at night, which makes sense, and I appreciate the atmosphere of it. But there's a lot of scenes that are so dark, it's you're just gonna, hard, yeah. you just can't see what the fuck's going on. Yeah, there's there's one point where he he buys like, I don't know, something from a hardware store. He puts it in his car, and then I thought someone was tailing him, but apparently that was just him driving up to the next location. But I didn't, I didn't see the transition. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so that's the only thing that could be like improved. I really thought. Um, there's there's some there's a big confrontation with this Jack the Ripper and he's like throwing police officers off of him, 
and they're being thrown. They're not really landing with any sound. Uh, so yeah, just some better sound design. Yeah, the really... Foley editing on this episode, you would see like shit drop and it'd just be silent. Yep. <laughs> so that's definitely the the only thing that really took me out of enjoying this. And, and I'll tell you stuff. what, see, like you know, seeing that happen really does give you a strong appreciation for like how good Foley artists actually are. Yes, uh, it's quite impressive. Because um, yeah, like you don't think about it, but every little like you put your keys. In the bowl, it's like, yeah, they gotta like cut up five different Coke cans and like yeah. rub it up against a wall to make that sound or whatever it is. There's a lot of stuff that's even like non like inaccurate. Like you might not be able to hear somebody take a picture from far away, like yeah. in reality. Yeah. But if you're and that's fine, but if you're watching media and somebody's using a camera and you don't hear a click, it's like Yeah. Oh, his camera didn't work. You have to you, you have, have to hear that. It. Yep. For it to register, it's like, okay, that man just took a picture. Right. Um, all right, can we just talk about Jack the Ripper for a second? Yeah, absolutely. I fucking <laughs> love this Jack the Ripper. That's a horrible thing to say about a fucking mass woman murderer. But he was like a fucking superhuman. He was immortal. Yes. But he had powers, basically. You know, there's a... Oh, my God. Just to get even weirder for a second. There's another... English urban legend of a character called Spring-Heeled Jack, who just like another like Victorian era monster man, and he would leap. He would leap like twenty feet in the air. Yeah. And of course, it's all probably just fucking you know drunk grave diggers imagining yeah. this. Or or people like to scare their children to exactly. like being good kids, like a boogeyman. Yeah. But um, so even though that is you know this is Jack the Ripper, but that is well incorporated in this. Uh, one of the first things you see him do is just fucking jump off of a building and leap over like a car i mean that's the first of a set of kick-ass powers yeah and it's all like practical effects obviously (laughs) i didn't i'm pretty sure they didn't have like a vfx budget for this show that was great like that shit was cool that looked really well done um he finally does get incarcerated and then just like (laughs) like just knocks down a steel door in maximum security. It was great. It looked ridiculous. It was. It was strange. I I just liked the approach of like, it was realistic in that like, yeah, you could have a SWAT. Like in reality, if someone was, you know, causing something, a SWAT team would swarm them. Yeah. But that was the thing is the SWAT team swarmed him and he just shrugged him off. Everybody did their job. Yeah, they were shooting him like point blank, and he didn't phase him. to bullets. It was, yeah. it was super cool. Yeah. I loved it. I, the one thing I would have liked, actually, was like some dialogue from him. Mm-hmm. That would have been cool. And, and yeah, in my head, I just kept thinking like, oh, man. What? I, I don't know. I just have uh, – remakes are what they are, but – that's usually because they're of like larger properties that like everyone already has some sort of attachment to. Like when should and could be doing essentially, and what was the X Files, mm-hmm. but like you could remake this show today because like it was it's been so long and forgotten, and it's such a cool fucking concept that like yeah, that could absolutely work. And I feel like it has it's tried to been done as well with like Fringe and and other shows. I I love that genre. Yeah. I love the idea of like. Putting all these monsters together, uh, putting them in uh, different time periods. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I was trying to think if he ever said one word. I don't even think. The only time he maybe came close was when he was like ordering what type of 
rubbing tug he wanted from the massage parlor. I think, <laughs> I think he was just pointing at the menu. He wasn't even <laughs> didn't even say mm. a word. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like that he was just <laughs> silent Jack the Ripper. <laughs> but I wanted to hear like like an old timey like eighteen eighties like British. Uh, uh, you know, like voice and, and colloquialisms and just like him talking to Kolchak, this fucking 70s Chicago reporter. Yeah. Like, I just wanted like a conversation there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Super cool. Uh, and as I, I read off in the uh, elevator pitch, like zombies, which is the episode two. And I saw it's it's like the voodoo style zombie. Which yes. Which could be interesting. And shout out to my mama. Who first told me about this show? Really, she still remembers this show and remembers that episode in particular as as uh, quite uh, frightening. Really, to her, she thought that she still recalls as like, oh, it was such a cool show. That was like her favorite episode. I remember my mom used to watch uh, Dark Shadows. Yeah, and the just like uh, I guess, I don't know if they like brought it back again in the nineties or they were just like reruns. But I would see commercials for like the reruns. And like hide behind the couch. Yeah, <laughs> it would scare me. And I tell him, like my mom would just tell me, like, yeah, you would just like randomly whisper, "Dark shadows." <laughs> you would do that. I would do that. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so you did that impersonating the show, or you did that because you were scared? <laughs> I think I was scared. Just like, what are you scared of, honey? Dark shadows. I, I can completely relate. The first like scary movie I ever saw was Poltergeist, and it was New Year's Eve. My parents went to bed because they were just tired, and the TV was on. I didn't want to change the channel, and Poltergeist starts playing. And I didn't even know the concept of a scary movie even existed. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, like yeah. movies are just there to make you happy. It's just been Disney and like Tarzan, <laughs> and then this comes on. The old Tarzan movies yeah. from the 40s. It was, uh, yeah, it was, that was all I knew. And then suddenly it was <laughs> this terrifying. I still remember that. Yeah, all about like a TV that sucks somebody into. <laughs> That's like the worst, that would be the worst horror film to see as your first horror film on a television. Not knowing horror films are a yeah, thing. Not knowing they exist. That, you poor thing. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> like no one was able to like guide you into the concept of like this is gonna be scary. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh god damn it. Yeah. Have yeah. you seen it since? I haven't I can't. Even the <laughs> even the trailers for the new one just like freak me out. <laughs> I feel you, buddy. There are those things that they they will spook you, especially when it's that young age. How old like about how old were you? I don't know, probably like 10, around 10. Yeah, you get all fucked up from stuff like that. Um, yeah, so this is a, this show uh, would uh, do the same thing to you, so be careful. No, I'm all just right. kidding. Can we, all right, I hate to be the guy that like, can we talk about this now? Sure, yeah, yes. But can we talk about Miss Plum now? Yo, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the reporter at like the, the trashy, uh, the trashy newspaper. Yeah, the uh, the sensationalist paper. Um, it's it's Jack the Ripper. At, at early on in the episode, her paper receives a letter from someone alleging to be Jack the Ripper, and it's like a real big lead. So Kolchak, who previously knows this woman, uh, you know, is trying to get her to help him out and give him part of that lead. Um, 
pretty much the whole introduction of this character is just a criticism about her waist. Yeah. Like, literally, she's on screen. They're walking to a restaurant together. And and all he's like, uh, June Plum. It's fat. Exactly. Like Scott Steinering, this poor woman. She's she fat. He, he does it, like, quick, too. Like, June Plum, she's fat. Uh, she claims to she talks a lot about about big bones and water retention but i think it's the eight or nine meals a day with snacks in between to keep her strength up that really do it like really just fucking lays in yeah and like that's gotta be a product of the time because also at the same time she wasn't she's not that fat we said this very thing like if that's like 70s fat maybe like I said, maybe that, she had that woman weighed uh, like a hundred and 50 pounds, maybe. Not even, dude. Yeah. Like, uh, she weighed like 130. Yeah. Ma- like, the worst thing you could say is she had like, like, and this might even be endearing because she had like cute, chubby chipmunk cheeks. Exactly. But man, she was, she was just, and. And then oh. she orders. Yeah. I think I can recall it. <laughs> Please do. Okay. It was a tongue sandwich, double decker. Triple decker. Triple decker. Thank Triple decker, side fries. Macaroni salad, uh, root beer float, two scoops, yep. and a piece of pecan pie. You fucking nailed that. Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit. I also, maybe minus the tongue sandwich, know what I'll be eating for lunch today. Yeah, I know. It sounded yep. pretty good. Um, yeah. You know what I figured, too? I was like, like, I don't know if I was just looking for a way to sympathize with her. I was like, well, it's probably small portions, so that's probably fine. <laughs> I was like, this is a 1970s sandwich. It's not gonna be like sure. your 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 ginormous. It's gonna be a, <laughs> it's gonna be a, a moderately sized sandwich. Yeah. So you need that. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. You ever seen like a large fry from the 70s? It's like our small fry. And then things got really really big, and then like they had to impose laws to not let that happen. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. The show uh, doesn't. Miss- at least this episode, not the best look for women in general. <laughs> not really. And you know what's even worse is, you know, at the end of this episode, Miss um, Plum goes to, like, meet Jack the Ripper. Jay gets killed. Yeah. And, and, no, then, and they don't even talk about it. No death scene. You just, Kolchak goes to Jack the Ripper's house because uh-huh. he gets a, a uh, uh, if you watch the episode, you know, like, he gets uh, sent on instead of like a cop being sent us to like desk duty, he gets dear Emily duty or whatever the name of the, the, the author was, the, the writer was. And yeah, so it's basically, and this is kind of a cool thing that they did was there was, they planted a seed of this, you know, like letter that came in about this guy with x-ray eyes and he looks at me every night. So he like has to find the letter later on in the episode, find the address, go to the place uh, and he like talks to the woman who's and, like that was a good scene. That was good. It was good again. Good writing. It incorporated something from very yeah. sorry, everything being used. You but know? Plum had no death scene. You didn't know she was dead until uh, Kolchek gets in Jack the Ripper's house and is getting chased by him. Uh-huh. And then like he stumbles over a couch and her body just rolls over. Yeah, he like trips over her body, <laughs> and uh, another you know uh, you. Spoiler. I hope she's in the second episode. Spoiler. Oh, my. Because <laughs> she, her body was still in the house 
when it went up in flames. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the and body's he burned. He didn't say shit about it. No. This was his friend. He even recapped the things that were lost in the fire. The only thing we were able to, <laughs> to recover was this shoe. <laughs> he was talking about my camera, all the evidence, uh, <laughs> uh, all of Jack's things. It's like, what about the human being <laughs> who got killed? So there are only like three women with lines in the entire show. And there's her, Fat Plum. Then there's the undercover hooker police officer. And then there's the lady that just, her only purpose was to stare across her at her neighbor's house, stalk her neighbor, and then send in a, a Miss Emily letter to tip off comb check. Yeah, all the women are either, they're either, you know, sex workers, uh, massage parlor, sewers, masseuses. Uh, voyeurs or just fat, you know, cannon fodder. Yeah. It being a product of the time is hardly an excuse because it's just horrible, but it was what it was, I guess. That's just a bunch of sci like sci-fi nerd. I don't even know. Like, what's the – who are the people that wrote this show? Like, what type of people were they? Like, were they sci-fi nerds but, like, 70 sci-fi nerds? Were they, like, early Dungeons & Dragons dude or were they, like – so I feel like anyone like cop would be show people. so old that they would be like veterans. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> this is 74. I'd say anyone who's writing a TV show would be older. I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what's informing it. Well, you know, but I have to say Miss Plum was a fine character and she was like a, a character. But un also like until nosy neighbor type yes. deal. Yes. Sorry, you were going to say it. I was just going to say only because – until they just completely disregard her death. And it, 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 she was bookended by horrible things. In the oh, middle, yeah, yeah. she was fine. Yeah. Because she was like, she went to go meet Jack the Ripper. And she had a gun. She was going to protect herself. And there was a really, yeah, that scene was really sweet. Where uh, Plum is telling Kolchak that she's going to go meet him. And he's like, don't fucking do that. And yeah. she's like, oh, you care about me. It's like, yeah, because yeah. I don't want you to fucking die. Mm -hmm. And you're a friend. And then she did die. And there wasn't even like an I told you so moment. Yeah, just the, the bookends of that character's. You know, uh, existence on screen are very weird. This is fat criticism, and then just completely forgotten about. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, they could have easily just not shown her dead body when he was fighting the house right. with Jack the Ripper, and it would have been perfectly fine. <laughs> it could have, could have just you know thrown a line. Hey, I thought you were going to meet Jack the Ripper. No, I ate a bunch of food and fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> but at least she's still alive. Yeah. Um, and then also just back to the old lady with like the telescope. That I get because I've seen that in so many movies and shows before. That just was like a thing people did. Well, the, there's no cable. Did cable exist in 1974? No. I mean, really, when you were at home. You just had four channels. You could just fucking read and fucking spy on your neighbors. Like, that's it. <laughs> that's, like, what you did. That was, yeah, that's, that's, that was the first reality television. Right? Yeah, was like, what being that was. a home buddy now or a spinster or whatever, it's, like, it's, there's the internet, there's TV, there's fucking whatever you feel. The internet is everything. You can do whatever you feel like. I just feel like, yeah. That's why Kolchak's doing all this. He's just fucking bored. I loved all the, the legitimate research that was done, like all that the characters were doing. I loved the use of payphones. Mm -hmm. I loved yeah. that Tony Vincenzo, 
Vincenzo asked somebody that was walking by if they had changed for a quarter. <laughs> and then they didn't. <laughs> but he was so pissed he used his quarter anyways. <laughs> uh there was also the other character of like the only other reporter that worked at this. <laughs> like it wasn't even like a real newspaper either. It was like a reporting service. Like I guess they were like a two bit AP. Yeah. And so the only other reporter that was like in the office, because Miss Emily was on vacation for seemingly like four weeks, <laughs> was uh, uh, Updike. Yes. Uh, who was re- affectionately referred to as uptight. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Real he was, like, square. A financial reporter that got put on like these murders. Uh, and that character was fine. Yeah. Pretty, pretty one dimensional. Yeah. You like, know, it was kind like of a, a foil. A, for... a butt of the joke. Right. Yeah. But then there was the whole scene where he was, Kolchak was trying to explain to uh, Vincenzo like why he was like doing research. Just like that was also another really funny scene where he's like pulling the story out of his ass about like him helping out Updike. And it's like, yeah, he's a uh, uh what was the a biblio something, like bibliophile or something, yeah, bibliophile, yeah, bibliophile, like techno bibliophile or something, <laughs> yeah, he's persona non grata down at the library, yeah, he's got half the library checked out, uh, in the first scene. Uh, that was between um, Kolchak and Vincenzo. God, these some ethnic ass names, like yeah. white ethnic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's the scene in his office, and they have the sound effect of the L train passing by, and they stop talking. <laughs> this is just a cool little beat. It's a cool little like detail. It is. It's neat. You, I looked it up too. It's down on. Uh, it says 403 South Dearborn. I know it doesn't mean anything to you guys outside the city, but apparently you can just still, that is the L or that's the loop downtown. So yeah. you could still see that office or that building. Hell yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty neat. We'll yeah, have to do the, uh, the cold check, the night stalker tour. Yeah. For Chicago. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So like I said, I've seen two or three other episodes of the show and it gets, there's some weird ass like monsters and beings. Uh, the two things I really like are, is, is is that, um, not to give anything away, but so next episode, there's like a voodoo zombie. Um, after that, there is a, there is like a guy who is killed by the mob who starts coming back as like a ghost to kill people, and he makes them spontaneously combust. <laughs> oh, a vengeance blow-up ghost. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your standard... I don't know why this is so weird to you. Obviously, you've oh, never yeah. heard of a vengeance <laughs> blow-up ghost. And, and, oh, there's something about... Yeah, oh, my God. And it, it's got, like, a really weird Nightmare on Elm Street quality where it doesn't have to do with dreams, but, like, uh, they, they're they only safe on, like, holy ground, so they have to spend a lot of time in this church. Uh, it's weird. Um, there's a standard old, you know, lady vampire, but I got to say, one of my favorite moments in this show is when he, he like, fights that monster. So he got cool monsters, and Kolchak doesn't fuck around. Like, Kolchak electrocuted the shit out of Jack the Ripper in this episode. Oh, yeah. And from what I understand, there's only one episode where he faces aliens that he, yeah. that he doesn't just full-on, like, take out the monster. That's the only time that Kolchak doesn't, like, bring a body home. This <laughs> is <laughs> when there's aliens. Again, he's a reporter. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like uh, he, 
just at the time, the only reason I said like the the fetish, fetishization of like reporters and stuff, because like also, uh, uh, like. I could be completely wrong about this, but there was also like all the president's men, and that was real life. But Woodward and Bernstein were basically acting like like detectives. Yeah, no, you're totally and that's right. A huge aspect of investigative journalism, uh, and in this case, investigative paranormal journalism. Oh yeah, I mean, you're totally right. It, they're like this this conduit for like this jack of all trades kind of you know do gooder. Yeah, and uh, fuck, dude, it's just. That's awesome. Uh, aliens. There's also, like, I saw in the description, Werewolf. There's a Werewolf episode. I'm about it, man. Yeah, Definitely thought, about it. I thought that was great. I mean, it, if X-Files didn't have Mulder's Scully holding them back, Mulder would just be murdering <laughs> every, every monster <laughs> in the week, <laughs> apparently, because that's what we get from this show. <laughs> that's amazing. It's true, man. And he loves his, like... I mean, he plots hard. Like, again, like, it takes some planning. <laughs> he had to, like Leonard said, he had yeah. to buy a bunch of electrical equipment. Yeah. Um, oh, man. I really, I, I will not give anything away, but watch the one with the lady vampire. Because he, he goes through a pretty public display to take out this vampire chick. It's <laughs> awesome. Uh, I also, so the two TV movies, were they also, like, paranormal-based? Yeah, so Night Stalker is he goes to Las Vegas to investigate a serial killer mm-hmm. and then slowly figures out the serial killer is a vampire. Okay. And then I don't know what the Night Strangler is, but I'm I don't know if it's vampires again, but it's something I mean, it's already established time. this like okay, there's vampires here. Right. It's if the, you see this character, there's at least bare minimum potential for vampires. He could quite possibly be something ghoulish yeah i uh i you know i feel like if the show is being made today uh like all of these things happening would eventually tie into um them just being centered around like there's something about this dude that's attracting all of the, all of this supernatural and paranormal like entities or it's all part of and this is more of like a ghostbusters thing but it's like leading up to like this larger paranormal event right um but like the 70s shows i guess didn't really do that unless they were like a like a a a soap opera but then you know like one of your primetime soap operas like a dynasty or dallas or whatever those were in the 80s maybe i don't know anything well hey you know it's just like they just had a better like work home life ratio you know you worked to live you know, you didn't live to work. So Kolchak can just leave at the office. You know, he just kills a bunch of ghouls. And then at the end of the day, <laughs> turns it off. He's like, all right, I'm going home. See you later. No grand conspiracy. No season ending uh, plot thread. No Warehouse 13. Yeah, no exactly. Nothing. I do believe that they did try to remake this show within the last 10 years. Really? And I don't think it was any good. No. You have to understand, like, I don't know why it's so hard. It's like the way major motion picture studios. I don't know why I said motion picture studios. <laughs> <laughs> major motion picture. Major film studios and major television studios seem to really put all their eggs into production stuff, you know? And then they just have dick for story sure. or for character. I mean, this the show, if nothing else, is just full of fucking charm. I mean, yeah. the city, the the actor, and the, the, you know, fucking the quality of it is is awesome and unique so i don't i don't know anything about the new one 
uh, tweet us or let us know if you know anything about it or yeah. saw it. Uh, you can just verify whether or not it was shitty. So, uh, as you mentioned earlier, you essentially picked this up. Yes. Uh, I will also go ahead and say I'm going to pick this up because I want to. I want to watch this. This is you know what you know what this is so much better than the gates. Absolutely, it is, and I didn't even fucking realize it till this point. It's let me tell you something. We're knocking on the door of October. Okay, Halloween yeah. creep twenty fifteen hashtag will affect hashtag Halloween creep twenty fifteen. You want to uh, see some kick ass stuff for just in time for the holiday? Start watching some Cold Jack. Absolutely, and also on that note, uh, and 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 hunting the paranormal. I'll just get this plug out of the way early. To check out uh, uh, the new ebook that just dropped this past weekend. That's right. Uh, written by Track Regans. Uh, it's this. Uh, 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 just go to ghosttrackers.net. G H O S T T R A K K E R S dot net. Uh, and, the, and the ebook signing is announced. It's going to be October 4th, okay, at 6 p.m. If you're in the Chicago area, uh, come to the Waterhouse Tavern and Grill. Uh, uh, Sunday, October 4th from 6 to 9 p.m. For the ebook signing, you can print out your ebook of uh, Spirits Come Inside Me by Track Regans. Uh, and uh, yeah, there'll be wristbands for unlimited alcohol. They're 20 bucks, uh, but that's not required uh, to attend the event. Uh, Track will be there himself uh, signing the ebooks. Uh, and there's going to be drinks, ebooks, tarot cards. There's going to be someone uh, giving tarot card readings as well. Cool. Um, it's going to be great. Ghosts will be there. Hell be fantastic. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, Leonard, would you pick up this show? Would you continue to watch this show if you were an audience member or a television producer? Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch this show knowing that it's going to end in just the murder of one whatever monster or vampire. <laughs> <laughs> that's the main reason I'm going to watch this show. Yeah, because also that's like – the best he can do too is because the the police force and the the chief of police, you know, it's 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 kind of like a a, a, a what would it be sane man crazy world, uh, mm-hmm. set up. But yeah, like they all just play it so aloof, and he's like, do something. And like we did. It's like no. Yeah. So it's you can't incarcerate these ghosts. So and you just gotta kill them or whatever they are. You gotta kill them. Yeah. At this point. I mean, he's done, like, a vampire and some other second movie. They don't believe him by this point. <laughs> I know, man. Way to fucking attack that guy's credibility. Yeah. It's like, look, what do I got to do? He should... Oh, man, what... It, this would be the best thing. This would be your, your series finale. Uh, final scene, like, when they... Didn't they turn off the lights at Cheers? Like, they turn off yeah. the lights at the bar? Yeah. Turn off the lights in Kolchak's trophy room, which is just, like, a collection... Of like heads and scepters and all sorts of shit. I'm glad you brought that up because he did keep the shoe at mm-hmm. the end. Yeah. Uh, and that's awesome uh, if they keep that up. Like he he has a trophy from every experience. And that, that would be great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that'd be neat. Just all that shit on a wall. 90% are heads. <laughs> Just all monster heads. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, I fucking loved it. Pick it up. I'm good. That was the last thing I wanted. I'm glad you brought that up because that was the last thing I wanted to talk about. Cool, yeah. And is this, I think by a long shot, this is the oldest TV show we've seen. 
yes, certainly by a long shot because yeah. we maybe had a '90s show. This is the first pre-'90s television show we've had. Pre-'90s, pre-'80s. Yeah, yeah. Maybe this is a big old throwback for this one. Yeah, who's president? Nixon or was Gerald Ford? Uh, Ford. This feels like a show that was made during Ford's administration. During Ford, yeah. I'm trying to think when Watergate. Yeah, I think it's Gerald Ford. Yeah. So yeah, fuck yeah. Before we knew that uh, greenhouse gases were slowly melting the planet, you know, that's the real monster that Kolchak needs to confront. Let's uh, let's uh, do some housekeeping and some business. Yes, for as it sure. Were. Uh, had a fun, a fun uh, week on Twitter, as it were. Uh, let me just get to it. Um, you guys can always tweet us. We'll do a little recap, but uh, you can always tweet us at Picked Up Pod. Uh, that's one of our favorite ways to communicate. Also, you can always find our Facebook page uh, by searching Picked Up Podcast on Facebook, and you can find us on iTunes. We love uh, attention on iTunes, reviews and ratings. So uh, got some great feedback on our Drunk History UK episode. Yeah, we did. Uh, and and some questions answered for sure. Yeah. Um, ben Rogers tweeted at us. And if you don't know who Ben Rogers is, go follow him. Benji Rogers on Twitter. Uh, he is a producer. He's one of the producers on the Drunk History UK. <clears throat> and he just randomly tweeted at us. Uh, super glad that he found the show and let us know that he's the producer of DHUK. I enjoyed our critique of the show. Glad we, that we liked it. Uh, if you're ever in town, let's get a Sambuca. Oh, yeah. That's a plan right there. Plus, he went on to answer a few of our questions. The booze totals aren't embellished. Uh, and uh, they drink with the storyteller. And uh, they do have a much smaller budget than the U.S. show. Yes. Uh, but they love making it. And, of course, yeah, got to love making that show. If that's the show that you're working on, that's a great life you're, you're leading. It's easy to get up for work every day. Yeah. yeah. I actually watched uh, two more episodes of uh, uh, Drunk History UK, and they keep getting stronger. Like, Hell, yeah. It's fun. It, it, it starts to find its groove pretty quickly. Yeah. It's pretty great. Well, that's awesome. I was delighted to see that. Thanks yeah. so much for reaching out to us and Letting us know about the show. And yeah. if you're ever in town, we'll... We'll get him a lord. You shot him a lord. It'll be great. Dirt Lace Sambuca. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, also, we had some reviews. Yeah. So I can go ahead and read those off, and we can talk about uh, potentially what our next show may be. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least who may win. The Our Affections. Who may uh, Yeah, we don't talk about it right now, but we, it's something to think about. Yeah. Uh, first review, uh, five stars. Thank you uh, to Otto A. I have no idea who this could be. Uh, titled, It's Great, period. Uh, Robert and... <laughs> this, this is pretty great. <laughs> Robert and Rich have overcome many trials and tribulations to reach this zenith of podcasting. While they may no longer be roommates... Rich's love for TV and Robert's mild interest in it has broken through every barrier to make the pilot episode review show for the common man has been waiting for. Wait, what? I don't know. Whatever. Uh, uh, for fans of The Flop House, How Did This Get Made, Infinite Jest by David Foster Wallace, Revolver by The Beatles, High Fidelity starring John Cusack, and Problem Solvers. Wow. <laughs> That's excellent. That's pretty great. Uh, and then uh, another review. Uh, from uh, J.N. Outnan. 
a fan of the show, Jeremy. He's yes. tweeted at us before and given us some Facebook love. Yes, um, entitled, Great for Couch Potatoes and TV Junkies. Oh. The perfect podcast for TV fanatics and broadcast dabblers alike. The hosts, Robert and Rich, have a great balance between entertaining banter and honest programming critique. The show covers a variety of pilots, so there's a little something for everyone and gives listeners the chance to pick up a few new shows of their own. This is, this is super sincere. You guys are kicking ass. These yeah. are excellent. I'm very flattered and impressed. You guys good. I feel like a fucking English teacher, but you guys are great writers. <laughs> Uh, and also, just to retroactively grandfather into the new system, uh, Lisey, uh, Augie's sister, if you're listening, uh, hit us with a suggestion of a show on our Facebook page, Picked Up Podcast. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, you will be eligible. But yeah, so we'll talk about, uh, uh, we'll confer ourselves over what the next show will be. I think we have the suggestions, and the reviews. So our next show should probably be a, 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 a listener choice. I think that's a great idea. Cool. I think we've probably got, probably got three or four at this point. Yeah. Options to choose from. Yeah. I think that'd be great. So, yeah. So uh, listen next week for the elevator pitch to see what show or to hear what show we're going to be doing. Um, and also uh, check out, um, I'm going to be in the process of migrating all the other shows over to where you can find Our Father, our newest podcast that we've been working on. Uh, the, conf- the the real life confessional podcast. Uh, the first three episodes are up. Uh, it's going to be released bi-weekly. So this upcoming week should be the new episode. This That's... upcoming Sunday. Every Sunday is going to drop because that is indeed the holy day. Please check that out. That's a great show there. Uh, headed up by Rich and friend Rudy Mendoza. And this this week's episode is... I, I'm going to keep saying this, but it, it might be my favorite episode. Nice. Yeah, it's great. That's great. Yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. Michael Leonard, thanks so much for being here with us. Oh, this was great. Hell yeah, buddy. Where can people find you? You can find me on Facebook if you want. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Not really around. (laughs) Any Twitter handles or Instagram or anything, Snapchat, anything like that, if you want to give it out. Or you could tell all these people, go fuck themselves. Yeah, Uh, from, from the words of... Robert, go fuck, go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, Leonard's great. You just got to meet him in person. Uh, and we're going to party more this weekend. You can find me on Twitter at mbravo, mbravo. And you can find me on Instagram at real.rob.bravo. There we go. Um, the show, well, we'll, we'll do the show after we do Rich. The, the show's Oh, certainly, yes. Uh, yeah. Rob, stop. Bravo. Stop. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, Twitter, Rich Cammy, Instagram, uh, Rich Cammy four. Uh, also, uh, audiobooks still available on uh, Audible. And uh, once I get the website fully operational, I'm gonna start uh, uh, trying to get some more books under my belt. Um, and I'm trying to get some more narrators under the uh, the banner as under well. The umbrella. Hell yeah. yeah. So we'll be uh, a pretty go to place for those hot independent young audiobooks that that is very appealing yes please reach out to this show you guys you can you have all of our personal contacts you can reach out to the show through twitter at picked up pod you can reach out through gmail if you have to email us something uh, picked up podcast at gmail.com and on facebook just search picked up podcast and so again if you want to uh, submit a listener suggestion go ahead head on over to itunes leave us a rating and a review 
and then post something on the Facebook wall. As always, we cannot tell you how much we appreciate you listening. So for myself, Robert, for Rich, for wonderful guest, Michael Leonard, thanks so much for listening. Keep your dial tuned to awesome. This has been a Podswoggle Network production. Visit podswoggle.com for more of that sweet, sweet entertainment.